so it just boggles me especially like men not to say it but especially uh. men guys <laughs> like they're like yeah i can do it myself i don't know if it's just like like so like societal con- conditioning that's led them to believe mm-hmm. that but um yeah. it's always just like yeah yeah i'm a guy so i can do it myself that's completely yeah. wrong i feel like community is so powerful and it's the one thing that we're really trying to build um at ces which is just the abbreviation for creative entrepreneur society hi everyone welcome to designing tomorrow your guide to sustainable entrepreneurship I'm Kanishka, namaste. I'm joined by my co-host Anne and audio producer Ameo from MA Fashion Entrepreneurship and Innovation at LCF to bring you an eight-episode podcast guiding you to start your own sustainable brand. Well, how do you feel today, Anne? Uh, I'm also very excited. By the way, my name is Anne. We are here to spark innovation, bring you more eco-friendly ideas in fashion. And today we are very excited to bring our first guest, uh, the founder of Creative Entrepreneur Society, Tiffany Ho. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself, Tiffany? Yeah, of course. So thank you guys for having me here. Um, I My name is Tiffany Ho, and I'm currently a third-year graphic communication design student. And like you guys said, I founded the Creative Entrepreneur Society along with my vice president, Barama, um, way back in June of 2023, actually. And... Yeah, we officially launched in September, and since then, the growth has just been astronomical. We've grown to one of UAL's largest societies in a short span of three months, so we're sitting at, I think, close to 500 registered members right now, Um, and, like, tons more followers on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, But the thing is, like, the demand is real. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm going to start straight away in. What are your definitions of entrepreneurship and innovation? And did you see that differently a year ago? (laughs) definitely honestly like every time I introduce myself as like oh yeah I'm the president of this like entrepreneur Mm -hmm. society I honestly dude like I still feel cringe you know I still feel Mm -hmm. like a bit of shame in my heart like oh my god I'm like selling my soul out Mm -hmm. to like like profit-driven entrepreneurship and like this and that um you know and that really was my definition of entrepreneurship a year ago I genuinely thought it was just like men in suits you know conducting business deals that don't really build up to anything um positive you know or real or high impact right just people talking about money and spending it on themselves which I feel like is still I guess the internal definition for a lot of young people especially young creatives right because we're so far away from the world of business and economics and finance that we're just we just kind of have that active avoidance of all things entrepreneurship networking um and all associated words um but honestly that's like so far from the truth because every day you know at UAL at a creative university or institution what we're doing with briefs and projects every day we're exhibiting such entrepreneurial traits we're being resourceful right we're experiencing like all of these risk-taking factors and project iterations and prototypes um, that it's hard to not be entrepreneurial and I guess this is one of the main reasons I started this society as well is just because when there is this active avoidance of stepping into entrepreneurial spaces what you also lose out on are these experiences where you get to upskill and empower yourself you get to learn how to better negotiate for your creative integrity through I guess exercising your professional business communication skills right um and the fact that university doesn't really teach us this, um, you know, it's quite like 
it's quite shocking. So, I mean, that's why that's a big reason of uh, why we're here. And along your journey, uh, what do you think are the like biggest difficulties you have faced? That's a good question. I'd say, well, I don't want to say my journey was smooth, but I definitely had like a lot of support, you know, that archetype of like the lone wolf artist or the lone wolf entrepreneur. Like, I do agree that it might be true in like some very special cases. Um, but more often than not, successful people have such a wide community mm-hmm. and wide support network supporting them um, and really like pushing them forward, holding them accountable to what they're doing, what they said they will do and what they've done. Um, and so I guess one of the bis- biggest difficulties I've encountered is, I guess, pushing myself away from that like lone wolf. I have to do everything myself. Um, my standards are are high and I am the only person who can reach those standards. Um, that's just not true at all. That's such a myth, um, at least for me and for every, all of my peers around me. Um, you know, like creativity, it doesn't happen in a vacuum and entrepreneurship is just another form of creativity. And that certainly does not happen in a vacuum as well. You need so many resources and so many, I, you just need a massive support circle just to take even the first step. Um, so yeah, I'd say that was yeah. my biggest difficulty, just yeah. shedding that myth. I personally relate with this because at our course in MA Fashion Entrepreneurship and Innovation, our course leaders, Stacia Taylor and Sabina, specifically focus on how teams are vital for a successful right. business exactly. venture. Yeah. So like you cannot you, be alone though. Exactly, you can't be alone. So it just boggles me, especially like men, not to say it, but <laughs> oh. especially men, guys. <laughs> like They're like, yeah, I can do it myself. I don't know if it's just like, like so like societal conditioning that's led them to believe Mm -hmm. that but um it's always just like yeah "Yeah, i'm a guy so i can do it myself that's completely wrong i feel like community is so powerful and it's the one thing that we're really trying to build um at ces which is just the abbreviation for creative entrepreneur society yeah and like you said you found it with your like co-founder yeah exactly so we're wondering like how that dynamic like went yeah yeah um i think this is also something that I had to learn, that dynamic with a co-founder and making sure, okay, this is somebody I can trust, I can depend on, somebody who I know has my back when mm-hmm. I can't show up. Um, and uh, Barama, the vice president, like he's just amazing. You know, He's like the friendliest guy you'll ever meet. Um, and he's great. Um, I think in the past, we've had some discussions about, okay, like, we have to remember to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important, just recognizing the strengths and values that each other brings to the table. Um, so you don't have like your own nagging feeling inside your heart that, oh, like, am I giving more? Is he giving more? Like, no, this is a 50-50 split. Um, and we both couldn't have done it without each other. I'm curious, though, that if someone like me wants to start my own little venture, but I have no experience, what advice do you have for me? <laughs> well, guys, honestly, I don't have experience. No, that's the thing, because so many people um, come up to me and they, they say, oh, wow, you must have had like, uh, you must have studied business or like econ or finance in your in your GCSEs or A-levels. Um, I, I personally did uh, IB, right? Um, and I, you know, there's also like business and econ finance, all of the A-level classes there. I did not take anything. Right. I did not take business or econ or finance or anything like business related at all. When I say I have no experience, I legitimately have no experience. Um, But like, why not? Why let that stop you? Right. I feel like 
when most people say, oh, they don't have experience, it's because they're comparing themselves to their peers who um, perhaps have already made it, right? And they're they're looking at themselves still at like ground zero and they're like, well, how can I ever get up there? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. As long as you take that first step, you will get experience. Um, yeah, so never think that, oh, I've got zero experience. You already have the skills to profession communicate. You already have your own creativity and you already have like your own personal flair that you can bring to the table. So in a way, you have tons of experience already. That leads to my next question. That like, I know you are like a student in graphic design. So how did you like manage to being uh, both like academic and community responsibilities? <laughs> <laughs> um, am I balancing that, guys? I don't know. No. Um, yeah. I guess it's just good time management like there is no other answer um as cliche as it sounds like to-do lists calendars like my google calendar is like decked out it's like the most colorful thing you'll ever see and i just like i struggle to remember like in the past when i didn't use google calendar i'm just like how did i survive when i wasn't using like some form of um i guess like time management software right or even just like pen on paper um yeah, it's as easy as that. I use the Pomodoro technique, if everybody's wondering. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so the Pomodoro technique, um, it's where you study your work for 25 minutes and then you break for five minutes. And the break should be something that's not mentally straining. So during that break, you should not be going on your phone on TikTok or on social media. You should be like relaxing your brain, like genuinely like looking outside, going for like a short five minute walk. Um, like talking to your friends or the peers around you for five minutes and then after that it's right back into work it makes me feel like the 25 minutes is like a really intense work session where like okay i have to get this task done within 25 minutes so if i'm doing like a pdf like okay i have to finish this slide in 25 minutes it gives me like a short-term time frame to finish a goal that i would have otherwise completed in like 40 minutes right i'm also curious you mentioned that your uh, society is one of the fastest growing communities on the campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the time management for academics and for your CES, how do you manage this rapid growth? How did you make it uh, achievable? Um, I guess just to touch upon community again, I've got a wonderful team of 15. Before we were, we started out with four people, right? So just me, my vice president, um, the treasurer, Lucy, and our head of communications, Natalia. And for a few weeks like that was just it um but i'd say what contributed to this massive growth was also the fact that we had touched upon this market gap right so while ual's um, graduate futures and careers employability and enterprise departments they run a lot of interesting events um often they don't have the capacity to run events at the same intensity we do as students right and often um, as students we also have access to resources or speakers for free Whereas as a university institution, um, they kind of have to pay that honorarium or venue fee or speaker fee. Um, And so because of that, because of the fact that we're effectively leveraging our student identity and we're effectively tapping into this like high demand market gap, I think that's contributed a lot. And I guess thirdly, but also most importantly, the fact that I've got such a wonderful team around me who really shares, I guess, the vision and mission of the society 
um, and who genuinely want to push this thing forward and they're passionate about, I guess, increasing that entrepreneurial spirit at UAL as well as uh, stepping into these like cross-industry collaborative spaces between UAL and other universities and um, other like niche industries. Networking definitely plays a crucial role in your entrepreneurial world. So how did you build and expand your network to benefit the society itself and its members? Yeah, so at first, I really was just taking all of the networking opportunities I could find. So um, there's this great Instagram account called Style and Sound. um, And they run, I guess, like, they run, no, they run really regular networking sessions. So I think every week they have, like, themed networking sessions within the creative industry so they have like um digital design connect Mm -hmm. or they have filmmakers connect or they have like um photographers connect right and i would go to like i would go to them and just talk to people and meet people um and that kind of started opening up my network and from there it really was just finding other events to go to and then being invited to other ones, um, ones you just see on Eventbrite. And then slowly this network also stepped into UAL. So then I would connect with students across disciplines, across courses, across colleges. Um, And that was when I had just started a society as well. So there was something concrete to talk about. Mm -hmm. I I would be able to talk about, oh, like I'm founding a society, um, it's doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there'd be room for more substantial dialogue, right? Instead of just talking about, like, what I do at graphic design, which is great, but it's not something that I'm, like, incredibly passionate to talk about. Whereas with the society, it was like, yeah, this is something, like, really interesting I'm working on, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it and what you think um, would benefit yourself, right, when you were a student. What opportunities would you have wanted to see? And in a way, that was also me conducting market research like in a super casual way um and i guess how this later on benefited the society was that through these connections we were also able to host events with them so for example um this girl cat that i just met randomly in an event right now she's a part of the computer visual arts society which is one of the first computer visual arts societies ever in the world i think it was founded in like 1600s Right, it's like their history is amazing, um, and she's right now on the member as like a youth representative, and she hit me up one day. She was like, "Oh my gosh, Tiffany! Like, I've been following your progress in society, and it would be amazing if we could um, collaborate, right? If we could have the Computer Visual Arts Society and the Society collaborate." So right now we're looking into that as well. Um, so yeah, I just say take every opportunity you get because you yeah. genuinely don't know where it will lead you, mm-hmm. right? Like the next person you talk to might be your future employer. <laughs> yeah. I believe that a relationship should also last long. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't feel like just for that particular goal fulfillment. How do you ensure that the connections you have made so far are sustainable and mutually beneficial as well? Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess I'll start from my team. So. At the start, the team was just us four. And honestly, they were all my friends. So you really do start from your existing network, um, which are basically just your friends, guys. So having like insanely talented, driven and ambitious friends um, is just the most amazing feeling in the world. And so that was the start of it. After that, after we gained a bit more traction, um, people started reaching out to us. And that's how we got our fifth member, um, who was Jolyn. She's also just like, 
the most amazing, like, business, creative, like, design management guru ever. Um, she's younger than me, and she's already built, like, a highly successful startup in, de- um, I think, in um, education, uh, specifically in the IB system. And... Uh, yeah after that it just kind of snowballed like the bigger we grew the more people wanted to join us um and right now with our team sitting at 15 um just because we do have like a hierarchy within our team organization we have found it more difficult to maintain that same strong connection uh when it was just like us five for example so one thing that we've started implementing was team built so internal team building events so um, our last one, we went to a board game cafe and we could just all kind of chill and hang out there for like four or five hours. And it was a good chance to get to know everyone in like a super casual setting away from business, away from work. Um, because at the end of the day, we are like we do run ourselves like a business organization. So we do have like a centralized team and then two centralized, decentralized event teams um, who all have direct reports. And just because of that hierarchical structure, it does seem a bit intimidating especially to our junior members um they feel like they can't establish like a personal connection to perhaps me or like head of strategy or head of comms um but we do want to show them like hey like at the end of the day like we're all students you know we're all here to actually just volunteer like do our best like work hard play hard slay hard that's like the motto of our society in our group chat um and that's the culture we really want to build within it as well as you know after i graduate that's the culture that i hope continues um in the society it's so important to have these incredibly logical business driven people at the same time you need to have like these social extroverts to balance these like um these things out yeah so that's the internal team dynamic a little peek inside that um and i guess on networking how do you make your network sustainable and uh, mutually beneficial. I'd say it's just reaching out to the ones who you who you really like. Like it doesn't even have to be um, because they're in like a senior level position. It's really just about how well you vibe with someone and how often you do want to meet them and how much you like them, like as a person and as a human being. Another interesting fact about our like podcast team is that we're all international students. So like being an international student, would you say that uh, this has any influence on your networking experiences or like are there any unique challenges or advantages? Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, well, I don't know how much you guys have moved around, but I've moved around like a whole bunch of my life. Right. So yeah. I've lived in like four countries. You know, I've been to like. 12 schools from primary to high school. I don't know why I transferred around that much, but I did. Um, and all of these experiences have kind of led me, or rather, like, pushed me, forced me mm-hmm. to become, like, a super extroverted, adaptable person. Um, so literally, like, throw me into an environment and I'll be okay. And that's kind of the philosophy that, oh, like, everything will turn out all right because I have the autonomy to make sure it does, yeah. right? Um, and... You know, I see that in a lot of other international students as well, that resilience to new environments and to adaptation, um, which I think is great. And it's such a core part of being an entrepreneur as well, that drive and that mindset of, you know what, like this is a step back. Uh, this is a setback, but it's OK because I will I'll push through and I will progress. And not to say that local students don't exhibit these traits. Um, I'm just saying that 
on an average, I guess the international students that I've met uh, have all shared these traits. Well, you know, we are in a fashion business school to not everyone necessarily have the design background. And mm -hmm. so many factors in design, like branding, mm -hmm. marketing, graphic design, sort of help in building a brand. Mm -hmm. Do you think your design background played a very crucial role in the success of your club? Mm -hmm. And what advice do you have for someone who doesn't have the necessary skills? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say it did definitely play um, an important role. And that's because, well, for one, I know people I know people like throw the term design thinking around a lot, but it is so true. Um, it's that iterative thinking process and that um, importance that you put on user research as well as user feedback that leads you into better prototypes and iterations. And that's essentially like, that's just entrepreneurship. So it's like, once again, it's just crazy when creatives don't think of themselves as um, entrepreneurs because they are so inherently entrepreneurial um, and they should not be actively avoiding these entrepreneurial spaces. And um, to answer your question, uh, my design background, so, it's told me how important marketing is. So the fact that our Instagram looks the way that it is, is because everybody in our team knows how important that public profile is, right? So anytime you want to launch something, you have to make sure, okay, there's some pre-existing traction there already. So when users want to follow you, they're like, okay, it's not like a dead account. There's posts there, there's images there. Um, there's a bit about them. They're like, you know what? Okay, like I'll follow, I'll stay tuned. And I guess one more thing is just about the visuals. I mean, I, I am a graphic designer, so I know like, oh, okay, when something looks good, people will like it more. Um, yeah, so our identity was actually designed by my head of communications, Natalia, and it's amazing. Like she's received so many compliments on it just because it works out so well um, in between that intersection of creativity and entrepreneurship, um, like business -y visuals, yeah. Do you have any suggestions for students who can be from a non-design background with resources in UAL that they could benefit with? I know UAL hosts a lot of annual events. So, for example, they have the Creative Hackathon, I think, oh, which is actually in like two weeks time. Um, I'm not sure if you guys signed up to that. Yeah, yeah no? we did. Oh, nice. <laughs> Amazing. Did, did. It's actually where I've met my vice president, Barma, for the very first time. It's also the event that made me realize like, oh shit like entrepreneurship is so interesting you know like you step into that room and the atmosphere is just different right because I like there's for one there's incentive and it's based in reality as well like not to say that our design projects aren't based in reality but this is different because you have to <clears throat> you have to consider all of these um practical advantages disadvantages solutions problems challenges to the i guess to the uh, innovation or solution that you're working on, right? So this atmosphere is like, it's literally, it's electric. Um, everybody's working towards the same goal. Everybody's, you know, there's competition, but it's also such a friendly atmosphere that you're able to make friends and connections with people that you would necessarily just never meet outside of uni classes. Um, so for all those who's listening, the Creative Hackathon, go join it. It's amazing, you'll love it. Um, apart from that, they also run annual pitch events. I know some colleges have their own like enterprise challenges or business accelerators, incubators. Um, yeah, but besides from those college specific ones, I know 
if you do reach out to your careers and employability team at the colleges they're always like the most helpful people ever they're super kind um they always have time to give to spare some advice or uh other resources that they're connected to right so if you are thinking about an enterprise endeavor definitely reach out to somebody um yeah and like book a one-to-one session with them for the resources uh, that are not in UAL, I'd say the Stan Sound one that I mentioned previously. Um, there's this website run by, well, founded by Carolyn Daly. It's called Creative Entrepreneurs. Um, and in it, it's just a repository of resources that you definitely need to look at when building your own business from scratch. So it goes through legal things, it goes through marketing, it goes through where to raise funds from, whether that's crowdfunding or like seed funding. Um, it goes through business models and finance models and um, user research. Basically, it covers all the bases and all of the knowledge has been validated um, by her and her team. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like the ex-director of like Warner Bros in Europe, you know, so she's got like a crazy, crazy experience and crazy history. Um, yeah. And so that resource that she set up is really helpful. I know there's also one called Creative Champs. Um, and let's see, there's so many resources out there. Creative Lives in Progress is a really good one, as well as I Like Networking. I think they're run on Instagram, but Creative Lives in Progress also has a really good website that everybody should go look at. Um, not just for entrepreneurs, just for creative students in general as well. Yeah. Mm, Thank you for sharing, Tiffany. So last but not least, can you just briefly share with us like your future plans or the future plans of the CES? Yeah, of course. So right now for CES, we're actually looking at transitions. So just because five of our senior uh, leadership team will be graduating, that leaves a chunk of knowledge, experience and context within the society. Right now, we're just training the junior members up so that they are able to, I guess, effectively take over and lead the society forward. Um, And I guess in terms of vision, the vision for the society would be further integration within UAL. So more recognition from UAL officially as an institution, that means more funding from them directly rather than through the students union, because just because we do have to apply every time and that limits the events we put on, it limits the, I guess, connection that students have with uh, other universities outside London. And I guess one last point on future vision is just leaving a legacy, right? So we don't want the societies to stop after we've graduated. We want it to become the biggest and best society in UAL, right? Um, Yeah, and that's the future vision for CES. For myself personally, after I graduate, just because I'm an international student, (laughs) I have to get a job, guys, Um, which sucks. But I will be running something parallel to my uh, my full time job, uh, which is in development right now. So, yeah, it's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we look forward to hearing about that soon. And well, we've reached the end of the podcast for now. And thank you, Tiffany, so much for joining us. Do you have any last words? Would you like to share your socials with us? So my LinkedIn is just Tiffany Ho. Um, And for CES on Instagram, it's UAL underscore CES. And it's not going to change. I hope it's not going to change for like (laughs) five, ten years, guys. Um, Yeah. 
everyone thank you for listening please subscribe to our youtube we will have more episodes coming up in the following weeks we're also on apple Podcasts and spotify and well i'm signing off namaste and do you have any last words thank you everyone for listening stay tuned thank you for having me guys Bye. bye bye